He looked back at me just as plain as day, and he said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. It would be my privilege to defend the Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson. People are interested in crime. There's no getting around it, and Americans love violence. Coming to a brothel, you're having the full fantasy experience with somebody who knows, let's say, that there's five different ways to give a handjob plus. You know, talk to me about morality. Shut up. I tell you where you can stick your morality, man. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. I'm the host and co-producer, Joy Zell. Brian, our other host and the creator of the series, is away in sunny Las Vegas today, which I'm a little jealous. So have fun, Brian. So if you haven't already, please check out uh, today's episode of Unfiltered on the Yahoo News website. So that's news.yahoo.com. We spoke with Betavi Desai, the head of the New York Taxi Workers Alliance, about how ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft and the conditions they have created for yellow taxi cab drivers in the transportation industry have driven them to depression, financial ruin, and in the cases of five yellow taxi cab drivers in the past five months, suicide. So before we dive into the episode, which we'll play next, there are a few things you should know. Founded in 1998, the New York Taxi Workers Alliance campaigns for the rights of over 50,000 New York City taxi cab drivers. Um, and originally, the organization represented only yellow taxi cabs, but today they represent Uber and Lyft drivers as well. Um, so their focus really is on the well-being of these drivers, uh, and they're going against the corporations um, Uber and Lyft, as well as other rideshare companies. And one of the issues um, that Decide talks about are the medallions. Uh, medallions are licenses issued to taxi drivers by the city of New York, and, and their purpose is to limit and regulate the number of yellow cabs on the streets. And so while yellow taxi cabs are limited, the amount of Uber and Lyft cars are not. And that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to conflicts between these companies uh, and yellow taxi cab drivers. And Desai and the New York Taxi Workers Alliance's goal is to make sure that all drivers are represented um, equally and basically have a right to make a decent living. When the news came of Kenny's death, it really just took its toll on a lot of us. The fifth New York taxi driver to kill himself in the past five months. It's really hard to muster the words to describe the equal level of sorrow and rage. It's just like, how many, you know, um, how many more suicides are we supposed to see? We just saw these grown men, you know, drivers just, just, just standing there weeping. And at the same time, there is this felt like a real resolve at the end of this vigil for everybody to just be like, you know, like enough is enough. You know, there needs to be a real urgency in this city responding to a very obvious crisis. I'm Beidavi Desai. I'm the executive director of the New York Taxi Workers Alliance. The Taxi Workers Alliance is an organization of over 21,000 members. We're a driver-funded organization. We represent the interests of all the drivers across this industry. I've been organizing since 1996, almost 23 when I started. And, you know, many of the drivers are, are folks that I've known for almost half my life at this point. New York City has the largest taxi and for hire industry in the entire country. Drivers collectively serve over a million people. 
and the industry is divided into the yellow cab, the most famous one, Uber and Lyft, which are part of the black car sector, corporate black cars, which serve you know, corporate clients like Goldman Sachs, neighborhood liveries, also called car services, and then what we have called green cabs. Over 90% of drivers are immigrant, and you know, collectively they speak over 100 different languages. We're trying to settle some roots in this country and you know, earn a decent living from a hard day's work. There are several categories of drivers in the yellow cab industry. You could lease from a traditional garage like you would have seen in that show Taxi years ago. Or you could be a medallion owner yourself. The medallion is the number you see on top of the cab. It's the main capital in this industry. In 1970, the medallion was valued at about $30,000. In 2013, it was valued at a million dollars. In 2018, the St. Medallion is now valued anywhere from $150,000 to $250,000. So the hope you would have had to sell your medallion, and for most owner drivers, it, it's their piece of retirement. That hope is what's now gone, and it's become harder and harder for older drivers to imagine ever retiring. So up until 2013, the New York City taxi and for hire vehicle industry still served about a million passengers every single day. Then what started to happen after 2013, companies like Uber and Lyft came into town. In 2018 today, Uber has 70,000 affiliated vehicles, Uber alone. Meanwhile, there are 13,650 yellow cabs. The entire for hire vehicle sector, altogether in New York City, we now have over 130,000 vehicles all competing for the same set of fares. So how do you compete? It's impossible, it's a chokehold on the streets, and that's why yellow cabs are having such a hard time. There were just stories of, you know, a, a deepening poverty, a fatigue, bankruptcies, foreclosures, evictions. We'd see our members just parked outside, sleeping in their cars for, you know, like, the long periods of time. And we realized that that many of them were facing homelessness. Stories of, you know, people working like 14, 16 hour shifts. In fact, in, by April 2017, the Taxi Limousine Commission had a public hearing. I myself testified to receiving phone calls from drivers who were, you know, feeling suicidal. In a five-month period, we learned of suicides by five drivers. The most public one was by Douglas Shifter, a corporate black car driver. Douglas shot himself outside of City Hall on February 5th, and he left a really long note on Facebook. I mean, it's, it's probably the most damning essay you're going to read about the gig economy. And just, you know, the, the human cost of allowing businesses to just operate unfettered. The really poetic way that Douglas wrote about what driving meant to him, right? And the pride that he took in driving. That's actually how most drivers talk about their job. There is a pride, you know, they know they are the ambassadors of this great city. And so there, there's a lot of joy 
you know, that you would hear from drivers about the actual job that they perform, the service that they give to the public. You know, the anger comes from the conditions. Uber and Lyft in 2016 spent more on lobbyists than Amazon, Walmart, and Microsoft combined in that same year. These companies are buying their way to monopolization at the expense of everybody else. I like hate to even say this out loud, but it feels like city officials from the mayor down and, and his regulatory agency, they're afraid to take on these companies that spent $10 million in attack ads against them just three years ago. And since then, these companies' wealth has gotten, you know, a lot greater. You know, it's like too bad. You can take a negative campaign for the moment, but it's absolutely morally bankrupt for you to expect workers to continue to suffer for years on end. They have to step up and do the right thing. How can you allow these companies to just remain unregulated for so long? In our campaign, we've been calling for policies that would protect full-time work for drivers in this industry, to pass comprehensive labor standards in this Uber, Lyft, new app market. We need a cap on the number of vehicles. 130,000 cars competing for the same set of fares is just not sustainable. Nobody wins. I don't like to go there and imagine what would happen if things don't change because, you know, I'm an old school organizer. I still think people have power and we have power over corporate America. We may not be in power as workers, but when we organize, we unleash our power. We're not sitting around waiting for the elected officials to show us courage and vision. We need the workers to rise up and do that for ourselves. Only then the elected officials will actually follow. So that was Berevi Desai, and she has a point that, you know, it's really unfortunate that we have companies... Um, like Uber and Lyft that are going un- basically unregulated, at least in New York City. And interestingly enough, in 2015, two years after Uber and Lyft came on the scene, New York City uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio tried to pass a bill to temporarily limit the amount of Uber cars in the city for one year, with the goal being that they were going to use that time to research Uber and Lyft and other car share um, ride companies' impact on traffic. But Uber ended up retaliating by spending an estimated $10 million on an ad campaign shaming de Blasio, which resulted in the bill being ultimately dropped. Even though de Blasio's bill didn't pass, um, other countries and cities uh, have been successful in restricting Uber's presence or just outright banning it, like Japan, London, Germany, Italy, um, and even two U.S. states as well. So that was Bear Desai, and next week we're going to have an episode about gay pride, specifically the march that takes place in New York City and the issues surrounding the Heritage of Pride organization that produces it. So thanks for listening, and be on the lookout for new episodes every week on Yahoo.com, along with new podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts.